Jai Jai Sitchitana Jai Nityananda Jai Adita Chandra Jaya Gaurabhakta Vinda Jai Jai Sitchitana Jai Nityananda Jai Adita Chandra Jaya Gaurabhakta Vinda exciting topic and uh, and that is the topic oh. uh, so today I wanted to take on an exciting topic and that topic is sex desire so um, we'll first read something It's a verse from the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Ye kale vasvapane dekinu vamsi vadan, sei kale aila dui vairi, ananda urmadan, hari nila moraman, dekite na painu nitrabari. This is a verse from the uh, Madhya Lila, chapter 2, text 36. Um, whenever I had, the, I had the chance to see Krishna's, Lord Krishna's face and his flute, even in a dream, two enemies would appear before me. They were Pleasure and Cupid. And since they took away my mind, I was not able to see the face of Krishna to the full satisfaction of my eyes. Now before we enter deeply into this verse, I'm starting with this verse, which is a verse spoken by Lord Chaitanya, who speaks in his transcendental mood. But before I want to go to the, the way that Lord Chaitanya is affected by Cupid, I want to go how we are being affected by Cupid and Kamadev. And let us first go to the uh, the birth of Kamadev, which is described in the uh, Shiva Purana. Um, I'm reading from the uh, some verses from the Shiva Purana, uh, which are quoted in a book from God of Desire, Tales of Kamadev in Sanskrit Story Literature, Sunni Series, in Hindu Studies by Catherine Benton. In the Shiva Purana, Brahma himself tells us what, had, what happened. Creation of Kamadev. After creating the gardens, guardians of creatures, the Pajapatis, as well as Daksha, 
and other gods, I considered myself higher than others and was delighted. But, O sage, as I created Marichi, Atri, Pulaha, Pulascha, Angiras, Kratu, Vasista, Narada, Daksha, and Brigu, my mental sons of lordly stature, a beautiful woman with handsome feature was born of my mind. She was variously called Sandhya, also Divaksanta, Sayamsandhya, and Jayantika. She was very beautiful with well-shaped eyebrows, capable of captivating even the minds of the sages. Neither in the human world nor among the gods was there such a woman of complete perfection in all ways, nor was there such a woman in the nether worlds or in the three times, past, present, future. Just as I was thinking like this, another amazingly beautiful being appeared out of my mind. He had a golden complexion. His chest was stout and firm. His nose was fine. His thighs, hips, and calves were round and plump. He had blue, blue-black waves of hair. His eyebrows were thick-set and tremulous. His face shone like the full moon. His hairy chest was broad like a door. He was as huge as the celestial element Airavata. He was wearing a blue cloth. His hands, eyes, face, legs, and fingers were red in color. He, was, he had a slender waist and fine teeth. He smelled like an elephant in rut. His eyes were like the petals of a full-blown lotus. He was fragrant like the filaments of a flower. His neck was like the conch. He had the emblem of a fish. He was tall. He had the makara um, for his vehicle. Uh, well, I know he had a beautiful parrot for his vehicle. I mean, uh, he was armed with a bow and five flowers for arrows. His glance was very seductive as he rolled his eyes here and there. Oh, dear one, his very breath was a fragrant wind. He was accompanied by the sentiment of love, Sringarasa. On seeing that being, my sons were struck with curiosity, fascination, and eagerness. Their minds immediately became crooked, perverted, and confused, smitten with love, they lost their mental resolve. On seeing me, the Creator and the Lord of the Worlds, this person bowed down, his shoulder bent in humility, and said, O Brahma, what is the work I am to do? Please assign me an honorable task. Please tell me, what is my honorable and suitable place? Who will be my wife? On hearing these words of the noble-souled Kama, the Creator did not say anything for a short while, surprised at his predicament, then steadying his mind and abandoning his surprised demeanor, Brahma, who was already a victim of karma, spoke the following. In this form and with your five flower arrows, you can enamor and captivate men and women, carrying on the eternal task of creation. In this universe consisting of the three worlds and both mobile and immobile beings, no living beings, not even the gods, will be able to defy you. Oh, best of beings, even I, Brahma, Vasudeva, and Shiva will be in your control, not to speak of ordinary living beings. Invisibly, you will enter the hearts of living beings, excite, 
thrilling feelings of pleasure and carry on the activities of creation that are to last forever. The minds of all living beings will become an easy target for your five flower arrows. You will be the cause of elation. So I have assigned you the task of facilitating creation. So it is said that um, this uh, that then uh, Brahman um, also became affected by uh, by the influence of Kamadev, and that the beautiful daughter Sandhya had already appeared, and that Brahman became attracted to this daughter, and this daughter ran away, took the form of a deer, and. Brahma was, was greatly uh, attracted and, and, and running after her uh, to the embarrassment of his mental sons. But as we read here, the mental sons were also attracted by Kamadev. So which living entity in this world is, is not attracted by by Kamadev. Uh, that is our, our big question. And, uh, and of course we see uh, now the Chaitanya Charitamrita is, uh, is describing Admendriya Prithivan Shatarabulikam Krishnendriya Krishnendriya Shatarabulikam And it said that um, Lust is when we try to satisfy our own senses. And, uh, and love is when we try to satisfy the senses of Krishna. So that is there. Um, it's very, uh, we all know that it is difficult. So this, this karma and is, this lust is, is a, major, uh, a major problem. Um, it, is, it is the one thing that is, or the strongest thing that really interferes with our spiritual life. Um, the Bhagavad Gita, also, we have some description of lust. Um, let me just open the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, chapter 3, text 4, text 39. Here we go. Bhagavad Gita, chapter 3, text 36. Arjuna said, O descendant of Vrishni, by what is one impelled to sinful acts even unwillingly, as if engaged by force? Shri Bhagavan Uvachi, Kamesa Krodesa, Rajaguna Samudbhava, Mahasana Mahapabha, Vidyena, the Supreme Personality of God had said, It is lust only, Arjuna, which is born of contact with the material mode of passion and later transformed to wrath, and which is the all-devouring sinful enemy of this world. Um, then, text 38. Dumena vriyati as fire is covered by smoke, as a mirror is covered by dust, 
as the embryo is covered by the womb, the living entity is similarly covered by different degrees of lust. Avitam, text 39, Avitam jnanam etena jnanino nichavarina kamarupena kuntia duspurena nelena cha. Thus, the wise living entity's pure consciousness becomes covered by his eternal enemy in the form of lust, which is never satisfied and which burns like fire. Indriyani mano budir asya distanam uchate etervimohayatye sa jnanam avrichadehinam. The senses, the mind, and the intelligence are the sitting places of this lust. Through them, lust covers the real knowledge of the living entity and bewilders him. So there are many verses dealing with lust. And it is, uh, obviously, it wasn't really because of, of, of Kamadev uh, per se. It was because the living, being have, the living being has turned away from Krishna. And his original love for Krishna has been transformed into lust. All living beings uh, take their birth in this world under the influence of delusion, of desire and hate. Itcha and Dresa, lust and envy. Um, so in this way, um, that's the situation. And uh, somehow or other, in spiritual life, um, the, the very first foundation of, of yoga um, is to control the mind, uh, senses, the mind and the senses, and to purify the intelligence. Um, we heard Indriya no Manobhudir. Loss is situated in, in the senses, in the mind, and in the intelligence. So by constantly hearing transcendental knowledge, um, one can uh, one can uh, control um, control uh, the mind, yeah, which wants to go after the, the the senses. The senses are perceiving things, send impulses to the mind, and the mind is thinking, feeling, and willing, and as soon as the, uh, as soon as that happens, then, of course, the mind wants to uh, go after uh, these things. We have, uh, of course, also the famous verse in Bhagavad Gita, which I'll open up now. Jaya Do. So, in, uh, in the second chapter, uh, text 62, uh, we get a little bit more about lust. Jayato visayapum sa, sangasteju pajayate, sangat sanjayate kama, kamat krodi vijayate. While contemplating the senses, the objects of the senses, a person develops attachment for, for them. And from such attachment, lust arises, lust develops. I'll start again. While contemplating the objects of the senses, a person develops attachment for them. And from such attachment, lust develops. And from lust, 
anger arises. Crowded Bhavati Samaha, Samahat Smiti Vibramaha, Smiti Brahmasat, Burinaso, Burinasat, Pranasyati. From anger, complete delusion arises, and from delusion, bewilderment of memory. When memory is bewildered, intelligence is lost. And when intelligence is lost, one falls down again into the material pool. Um, so, uh, in the mode of goodness, um, in dealing with the affliction of lust, um, we saw that Lord Brahma became afflicted, the, the, the sages that appeared from Lord Brahma's mind became afflicted. Um, then the uh, what to speak of the uh, other living beings. Um, in the Briyad Bhagavatam Rita, it is very interestingly described that different living beings are placed in different situations in the 14 planetary systems according to their sex desire. Um, those who engage in their in, in, in sexual activities in illicit sex, against all uh, religious principles, they degrade themselves and they'll go down to the lower species and to the lower planetary systems. Uh, in the lower planetary systems, then there is uh, there are hellish planets, there is suffering, there is punishment, uh, where uh, those who are, uh, are terribly addicted to illicit sex must embrace red hot forms of red hot iron forms of their uh, sexual object and get burned in this way. So that is uh, intense. Uh, those are the kind of intense warnings in the scripture. Uh, then we have the Bhagavad Gita, uh, where Krishna describes Dharma Viruda Bhuttesu Kamusmi Bharatara Sabha, where he describes sexual activities according to uh, religious principles. Um, the Manasamhita is defining that a little better. Um, and Let's just see if I have that handy somewhere. Hare Krishna. see that now here. Uh, no, I don't seem to have that handy. Okay. Then we'll uh, provide that later into the text. Uh, and there's a series of, uh, of verses in the Manu Samhita that describe the uh, um, the proper authorized sexual activity and it said it should be between the 6th and the 16th day of the female's monthly cycle and then it describes 
and it's all about conceiving a child. Um, the, the Garbhadana Sanskara is performed, a purificatory ritual with blessings of guru or seniors, and, uh, and then uh, uh, between the sixth and the sixteenth day, one can try to conceive a child, but some auspicious, inauspicious times are mentioned, odd and even days are mentioned for having a son or a daughter. So in this way, uh, we can appreciate how sex life is, is strictly regulated in the Manasamhita. Now, that seems like very, very difficult to follow, very difficult. Um, in the Chaitanya Charitamrita, um, we're dealing with a Vedic culture. Um, the followers of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu are uh, very transcendental personalities, the ones described by name in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Then there may be uh, a greater a, a greater circle of influence. Um, and, uh, and then we may, uh, we may see um, that, that sexuality might have gone beyond the uh, once a month for procreation. Um, um, we see throughout Vedic literature uh, we see passions described. The Mahabharat, for example, is a book full of passions. Uh, even so somehow or other, Pandu, the father of the Pandavas, had two wives, but due to some situation, he had been cursed that if he would engage in sexual activity, that he would die. And and he was controlling himself very nicely until at one point, on one summer evening, he could not. Uh, it is stated that, uh, yeah, that uh, that Kamadev also takes shelter of uh, of certain other places, including. Uh, yeah, certain seasons, spring season, especially, um, or summer evening, or the evenings, like that. There are, uh, so I'm back here. It said, uh, a woman's waist, hairs, ties, breast, navel, knees. Uh, these are all places where Kamadev is residing. Yeah. So the female body is, is indeed uh, very much invested with the power of Kamadev. And that is, is an issue both for men and for uh, and for and for and for ladies, uh, uh, scriptures describe the uh, the Bhagavatam describes the uh, 
the butter and the fire principle, uh, man being butter, lady being fire, and this way melting the butter because Kamadev is is present in these in these places, in the waist, the hairs, the thighs, the the breasts, the navel, the knees. Yes, and, but Bhagavatam also describes the um, the eyebrows of the of the woman. And also in the Shiva Purana, we saw Sandhya described as very beautiful, as having very beautiful eyebrows. So the eyebrows of the women are described like a, like an arch, uh, and just the arrow of her glances can agitate the mind of a man. Uh, however, also in in the body of of a man, there is uh, um, it can also awaken desires. For lust, and, and Srila Prabhupada warned. He said, "When, um, when we are naked, um, the madness begins." So, these things are are there to remember, mm. to struggle with sex desire. Is, is especially now for the. For the followers of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, 500 years later, uh, um, a major, a major factor, something we are uh, are all struggling with. Uh, in the Chaitanya Chandramrita, uh, we see that it says that the devotees of of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu were not afflicted by by lust. Uh, I'll open up the Chaitanya Chandramrita. Chandramrita. No. Yeah. See all. Okay, now let's see if this thing searches. Some do and some don't, and now. This one doesn't. There were four of them. Hare Krishna. Just a moment. So it's like if we read a little bit about the glories of Lord Chaitanya's devotees and um, of chapter four, Sri Chaitanya Bhakta Mahima, glorification of Lord Chaitanya's devotees. The splendid path of pure devotional service, which bewildered the great sages in the path, which material intelligence has no power to enter, which Sukadev Goswami was not able to understand, and which merciful Lord Krishna never revealed to his closest friend, is the place where the dear devotees of Lord Gora happily enjoys pastimes. 
because everyone is covered by lust and then the uh, one's knowledge becomes uh, becomes covered and Srila Bhakti Siddhanta said is that when we are turning to to Krishna is uh, when we turning to any other source for knowledge than Krishna then we find ourselves poorly supplied and also we lose the power of retention of knowledge. We turn to any other source of knowledge, find ourselves poorly supplied, and also lose the power of retention of knowledge. So in this way, um, that pure devotional service is only known to the pure devotees. Um, where is renunciation? Where is tranquil indifference to the temptation of sense pleasure? For the torments of hell, where are great waves of humbleness? Where's uncommon prowess? Where's the path of intense devotion? Where are those virtues present in the same way? Uh, they're present in those who've made Lord Chaitanya the goal of their lives. Hmm. So in this way, we can see the devotees are, uh, are simply uh, oblivious to these... Uh, to material things. And of course, Bhagavad Gita has pointed out, Visaya vini vartate niraharasya deina rasu varjam rasu piyasya pramdhistani vartate. That it is about developing a higher taste. We need a higher taste um, to really rise above. And there's no other way. Uh, therefore, uh, in the initial stages of devotional service, there is there is some higher taste, right? but that higher taste has not yet become predominant, and as a result, uh, within the consciousness there are still many anartas, many impurities, many purvarak, uh, many previous attachments, and as a result of previous mundane attachments, uh, one is still struggling, uh, struggling with the senses, struggling with the mind. And therefore, at that stage, uh, one relies on the intelligence. Um, because the higher transcendental taste is still uh, insufficiently developed, although some of it is definitely there, enough to go on. Uh, there's enough transcendental taste to not give up. Um, and there's also uh, transcendental knowledge. So on the combination of transcendental taste and transcendental knowledge, we continue. But uh, the taste is not sufficiently developed and therefore we have to rely on knowledge, we have to rely on the in intelligence uh, to control the mind and senses. Then, and so we, we, by regular hearing, we strengthen that intelligence and we can try to be in the mode of goodness. Then when we're in, in the mode of goodness, uh, the mode of goodness is not only um, philosophical knowledge, but the mode of goodness is also about uh, a regulated program of activities. So it describes, it governs all our activities. 
Um, there is uh, a particular regulated sadhana of remembrance of transcendental subject matter. There are codes of cleanliness. Um, there are codes for, for bathing, codes for, uh, for all the bodily functions, evacuating this, that, codes for, for washing hands, many codes. There are codes that govern eating, uh, eating in a certain way. I mean, we read things in the Bhagavatam like uh, one should fill one quarter of the stomach with water and then uh, eat only so much until the stomach is half full. Uh, and then that would be the, the perfect amount to eat. Anyway, good luck. Um, <clears throat> um, we are not so, we are not yogis, we're not following so much all these external activities, but there are many of the mode of goodness. Uh, I'm not supposed to sleep more than, than six hours. Uh, so uh, there's an intricate network of prescribed activities. Uh, it deals with human relationships, the mode of goodness, how to respect how to approach superiors, uh, how to perform austerities, uh, austerities of the mind, austerities of speech, austerities. Uh, yeah, so many austerities, austerities of the body. So many austerities are being, uh, being prescribed. So that's the principle of the mode of goodness, dharma, prescribed duty. So that combined with philosophy so acting according to prescribed duty along with philosophy which gives us an understanding of the goal and so on the, these are the handles that the intelligence is given by the vedic literatures to deal with the senses and the mind and especially sex desire mm. We also see the connection between tongue, belly, genitals. No? And uh, when the tongue is uncontrolled, then the belly becomes uncontrolled and pushes on the sexual organs and sex desire will be awakened. Uh, so sex desire can be awakened from the body, can be awakened uh, by seeing objects uh, there is the uh, eight types of illicit sex uh, okay trying to remember now um, sravanam kelipaksanam guyam asanam atvayam mm -hmm. there is some more uh, that's so Yeah, smaranam is also there. Sravanam, keli, praksanam, smaranam is also there. Uh, so it is hearing, uh, playing, joking, uh, looking, uh, remembering, uh, sitting in a secluded place, and actual engaging 
in the, uh, in the sexual activity. All these aids uh, are making up are the, are the sum total of illicit sex. Yeah. Um, it means it begins there. Uh, it begins with, with, uh, with hearing about such things. It begins with looking at such things. It begins uh, with, uh, so it first starts happening on a much more subtle plane and then comes to action. Back to Bhagavad Gita, Jayato, Visya, meditating and then coming down to action. So, uh, therefore, austerity of the mind to actually cut the thoughts, uh, to cut the thoughts as soon as they appear is recommended. So this is all part of the initial situation uh, where the devotee has not yet developed sufficient taste and where the, the devotee then is relying on the intelligence and on the, on the strict behavior of the mode of goodness. Uh, it is difficult. It is very hard to, uh, to follow this. And it is said, Balavan Indriyan Gramo Vitvam Samapikarsati. The senses are so strong that even a man of learning can easily fall down. <coughs> so, uh, in that stage, one remains weak, one remains always weak. Um, it is then by being absorbed and by being attracted to, uh, to Krishna uh, that one, and to by devotional service and by the glorification of Krishna, that is the only way that we can, can rise above these things. Um, and that operates then on a totally different thing. That operates on inspiration and taste, and that operates on, on beginning to love Krishna and just really wanting to. It is said that already the Madhyam Adhikari is beginning to develop love for Krishna. It is said that a Madhyam Adhikari is situated in Nista, as firm determination, there's no interest in, in, in the senses. It just puts, doesn't believe in it, doesn't believe in sex life, doesn't believe in, in satisfying the senses, just only believes in, in Krishna consciousness and that happiness will come. From, from Krishna. Strada Sapta Viswas Kai Sudrida Nischai Krishna Bhakti Koila Sarva Karma Kritahai. So the Madhya Madhikari has firm faith in Bhakti and said he has already love for the Supreme Lord and that love is developing. It is like, okay, from uh, a mango that is gradually ripening to the, the full fledged prame of the Uttama Adhikari. But he's operating on love. Uh, and, uh, and therefore, uh, sexual desire uh, can be sort of left behind. Uh, but otherwise, uh, otherwise, when one tries to, there are 
different ashrams in the Vedic, in Varna ashram, which is based on Dharma and on the mode of goodness. And when we are looking at, uh, yeah, the, uh, <coughs> uh, these, the various ashrams, then there are three ashrams where sex life is forbidden and only in one life ashram sexuality is allowed. So the Grihasta ashram is, is an opportunity to give in to sexual desire and express it. But then again, Dharma kicks in. Right? In Varna ashram, there's always Dharma. So yeah, the, um, the Western culture is not the culture where, where Dharma is very prevalent. Um, in astrology, we can, uh, we can look at the position of various planets in someone's chart. And nowadays we uh, do the calculations with computers. And the computer, in some programs, the computer can give you um, the strength, how much percent of Dharma, how much percent of Artha, how much percent of Kama, and how much percent of Moksha is there in the chart. And it's divided. And then uh, in the Western world, obviously, uh, a birth in the Western world means a lot of a lot of karma will be there. And maybe some come to spiritual life because they have a lot of dharma, and they will be attracted to uh, to the prescribed duties. Others are coming because they have. They don't have so much dharma, but they have more moksha. They are more coming because uh, they are looking for liberation, liberation from, from material life. Uh, but they're still weak in dharma. <coughs> so our relationship with the prescribed duty and the mode of goodness is, is one that is not so easy. And of course, in India, the same thing. Uh, it's so much karma and not enough dharma in, in our karma, and therefore as a result, who can follow all these prescribed duties? But then they, we go beyond Vedic culture. This is where we go, uh, that which was not known to the Vedas. Eh? Yes. Uh, the splendid path of pure devotional service, which, which bewildered the great sages of the past, yes, uh, with material intelligence has no power to enter, which Sukadev Goswami was not able to understand, and which merciful Lord Krishna never revealed to his closest friend, is the place where the devotees of Lord Chaitanya happily enjoy pastimes. Talks of impersonal liberation will not become bitter, the shackles of blind Adherence to social and Vedic convention will not become loosened. Uh, so now here, the, the Vedic convention, the Vedic injunction, is this blind adherence to it. Uh, uh, it. It will not become loosened. And the tumultuous debate of Vedic scholars on the merits of various useful, useless spiritual paths will continue as long as a devotee who is like a bumblebee. Drinking the nectar of Lord Chaitanya's lotus feet does not appear before the eyes. Um, the nectar of Lord Chaitanya's lotus feet is, as we know very well, is twofold, right? 
It is one, it is the deep absorption in the past times of Krishna and his eternal associates in Vrindavan. And it is at the same time the deep, deep sense of compassion for all the suffering of all living beings and the desire to flood the entire world with, with the nectar of the glorification of Krishna. And so uh, it is about the constant glorification of Krishna that will just lift us above um, the chanting of the holy name, the absorption in hearing the pastimes of Krishna. And gradually, maya shaktamana, uh, our mind will become attached to all of this. So after all this, um, I want to return to the Chaitanya Charitamrita and to the series of verses which are described in the uh... hmm. now let's read about the love of of Krishna of Radharani. <clears throat> Okay, so I'm beginning in Madhi Lila 2, text number 16. To whom should I speak? Who can understand my disappointment? Without the son of Nanda Maharaj, my heart is broken. In this way, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will always express bewilderment and lamented in separation from Krishna. At such times, he used to recite the slokas from Ramananda Roy's drama, known as Jagannath Vallabhanataka. And we read now some verses then. So Lord Chaitanya had developed deep attachment, very deep attachment to Krishna and could not waste a moment uh, without Krishna. And, and every moment uh, when somehow or other uh, he felt distant, he felt a separation from Krishna. Srimata mm. Radharani used to lament, our Krishna does not realize what we have suffered from injuries inflicted in the course of loving affairs. We're actually misused by love because love doesn't know where to strike and where not to strike. Even Cupid does not know of our very much weakened condition. What should I tell anyone? No one can understand another's difficulties. Our life is actually not under our control for youth will remain for two or three days and soon be finished in this condition, O Creator, what will be our destination? <clears throat> yes, of course, when the, go the gopis, it says, Gopya kamat bhayat kamsat dvesas chedanaya nipaya vrishnaya sambandat yuyam bhaktya vipa. Said that the gopis, by their lusty desires, kamsa by his fear, Shisupal um, by his envy um, and also uh, the kings who were who were like inimical to Krishna Vishnu Sambandat the Vrishnis by their family uh, situation, their family relationship 
and yuyam bhaktim vayam vibo, and that the ordinary or the common devotees, by their hard labor in devotional service, um, attract the mercy of Krishna. So that, that immediately uh, we're looking at Radharani and the gopis by their lusty desires, and we're looking at ourselves by uh, working hard in devotional service. So that is clear. Um, now the gopis, by their lusty desires, um, the lust of the gopis is, is unique. Um, it is said that Kubja, Kubja was also, uh, she was making, she was a maidservant making ointments, scented ointments for Kamsa. But when she saw Krishna and Balaram, she was very attracted to them and she offered them her ointments and Krishna and Balaram were speaking very uh, nicely and said, oh, um, a, a beautiful girl like you is offering us such nice things. Now, Kupja was hunchbacked, but, you know, she just became so attracted to Krishna that she invited Krishna to her home and, and Krishna said, I will surely come. And Krishna did. Uh, Krishna also uh, straightened uh, Putana and made her very beautiful. He placed his feet on her feet, pulled her, and she became uh, very, very beautiful. And then she was looking at Krishna with lusty desire and said, what can I do now, now that you have touched me? Uh, so, um, so Kubja her lusty desires were, were material lusty desires in the sense that she had a desire to satisfy her senses through Krishna. But the gopis, their lusty desires are different. Um, they are completely pure because they are Krishnendriya. They are completely aimed at satisfying the senses of Krishna. Um, the interesting part of the verse Gopya Kamad Bayat Kamsa Dvesasinipa is the is the last line, Yuyam Bhaktivayam Vibhu, that the devotees uh, by their hard work in devotional service attain the same position as the gopis, that they also rise above lust. Um, it is the way. Therefore, if we feel afflicted by sex desire, then the only solution is to vigorously engage in service, to do a lot of service. Um, it is by being very engaged in devotional service that all our pranarata diyavacha, that our energy, our, our assets, our intelligence, our words are all being engaged uh, and then uh, then we cannot uh, become so easily uh, affected by uh, by sex desire uh, because of our absorption in devotional service that devotional service anartapasamam saksat bhakti yoga madoksha 
will purify our heart from anartas and as a result, uh, as a result, will become more situated in transcendental taste. And as a result, we will be able to, uh, to, to stop being so distracted by the senses and being so distracted by the mind. In this way, we can, uh, we can rise above uh, sex desire uh, to a point where we see devotees like Haridas Thakur, who is visited by a prostitute in the dead of night and she wants to enjoy with him. Uh, and uh, but he is and, and he's young and she is young and but he's not at all attracted he's just totally absorbed in satisfying the senses of Krishna and he manages to transform that prostitute and she also takes up devotional service and that is the miracle uh, of devotional service that uh, because there is is because it is susukam kartamavium it is blissful and that bliss will increase and increase uh, and by serving the pure devotees we can very quickly uh, become purified and and so the miracle is happening uh, in this way we see that Srila Prabhupada that starts a, a movement um, which is teaching for regulative principles, no gambling, no intoxication, no illicit sex, and no meat, fish, or eggs. And how is it possible? Uh, no illicit sex, how can that be followed by ordinary people? And uh, that is just something absolutely extraordinary. Uh, if we think about it, can't believe it, but because the glorification of Krishna is full of transcendental taste, and because that transcendental taste awakens attachment um, to, to more and, and more, therefore we cannot overcome, therefore we can overcome easily our lusty desires. Uh, by devotional service. But if we're struggling in devotional service, if we're struggling to control our lust, if we're struggling to control sex desire, then, uh, then let us tivrena bhakti yogena uh, with, with great endeavor, akama sarva kama vamoksha kama udharadhi tivrena bhakti yogena yayeta purusam param. Whether we have material desires, whether we have sex desire, or whether we don't, um, but if we engage with great force and eagerness in the service of the Lord, then, uh, then we can rise above. And I described the stages in the beginning because we don't have enough transcendental taste. We rely on the mode of goodness, on transcendental knowledge, and with the intelligence, we have to control the mind and the senses. 
But that's a fight. I've seen plays where the mind and the, and the senses were in a big fight. And I think, if I remember one play, first, the mind and senses had a big sword, and the intelligence only a little knife. But then by devotional service, something changed. And in the end, it was the intelligence that had the sword. Uh, and, and only in the mind and senses, only the life. And in this way, we can rise above uh, by devotional service. We can actually rise above and escape from the grip of Maya, uh, which binds us in this material body. The material body is described like the cell of a jail in the uh, and the uh, and sex are the bars that keep us in the jail, or sometimes called the chain, metunya agra. So the bars that keep us in the jail cell are the uh, is sex life. Then it is said there was a bird in a cage, and then that cage was placed in a field, and then they opened the door. And the bird was looking. Door open. Bird flew out of the cage. And the bird is flying free in the sky. And then after some time, the bird comes down again into the cage. Because it's been there so long. It's so difficult. Um, so in the same way, the spiritual master opens the door of our cage and we, and we get a higher taste in devotional service and for a moment we are really ecstatic. And we may be on, on some festival, let's say on a padiatra, and we'll be dancing like we've never danced in our life. And we may just, uh, just uh, in this way forget, forget our lower nature. And we're totally transcendental. But then later... Uh, we fly back in the cage. What can be done? Um, but the door remains open. Uh, the spiritual master always keeps the door open of, of that cage. Um, that is his business. And therefore, uh, through devotional service, it is possible. Um, and gradually, uh, if we per persevere in devotional service, the taste will become stronger, our attachment will become stronger. And as we engage in a lot of service, uh, the attachment to sex life will go into the background and will actually become uh, transcendental. And we start to operate on transcendental bliss. And then we become one of the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who are so absorbed in bliss. They, are oblivious to all these things. Uh, they don't care about anything. And Prabhupada went to the Morning Star Range of Lou Gottlieb in California. And when he came there, uh, Prabhupada drove in the car, and there was a man who was standing naked in the garden. And he was gardening. And Prabhupada opened the window of the car and said, what are you doing? And he said, growing potatoes. 
And Prabhupada said, no, with your life. So people were naked in that commune on the Morning Star Range. And somehow or other, Prabhupada was oblivious to such things. And Prabhupada had kirtan and many, uh, several, several followed Prabhupada back and became devotees. Some of them were living in trees in, in that commune. Right? But somehow or other, they followed Prabhupada. And some even became very prominent leaders in the Hare Krishna movements, names withheld. And in this way, uh, the miracle is possible. The Chaitanya Charitamrita is showing us the path of tasting transcendental nectar and rising above sex desire, which not only has the whole world in its grip, but has the whole universe in its grip, as we read, even has Lord Brahma in his grip. Um, finally, I must say that Kamadev is simply an agent of the illusory energy. He is a reflection, a reflection of Krishna. We see that when Kamadev approached Lord Shiva and tried to tempt Lord Shiva, that Lord Shiva burned him to ashes with the, uh, uh, with, the, with the fire emanating from his third eye. And that Kamadev was without a body. But then that Kamadev uh, appeared again. This time, somehow or other, he... Uh, he... Um, appeared um, as the son of Krishna and uh, Prajumna, and that Prajumna, uh, being the son of Krishna, had many of the qualities of Krishna. But of course, he was not Krishna. And so Kamadev is deriving some of his qualities from Krishna. Uh, the Cupid in this world. But the original Cupid is actually Krishna. Krishna can attract more than Kamadev. Krishna is all attractive. Krishna is therefore able to, uh, to capture his devotees more. And it is Krishna who, like Cupid, shoots flower arrows into the, from his bow, uh, Cupid has a bow which is made of sugar cane. It is very sweet. And he shoots arrows which have flowers on the tip. And, uh, but Krishna's flower arrows are, are able, uh, are rising above the power of Kamadev's flower arrows. So in one sense, Kamadev is a, is a reflection of the original Kamadev. Cupid is the reflection of Krishna, who's the original Kamadev, and who shoots flower arrows into the hearts of his devotees. And when the devotees become more and more attached to Krishna and transcendental love awakens in their heart, then Krishna shoots his flower arrows from everywhere into their heart again and again 
to increase their love. And such devotees, uh, they don't want anything other than Krishna. They just cannot speak about anything with Krishna. And Krishna is a thief. Krishna has stolen their eyes. Krishna has stolen their ears. Krishna has stolen their sense of smell, their taste. Krishna has stolen all the functions of their senses. They are, they are blind. They are deaf. They are dumb. They cannot speak about anything other than Krishna anymore. And this is what we see in Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And this is what we read in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And in this way, we can become free from the jail of sex desire and from the jail of the material body. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. See you again.